If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Boris and Jeremy were at it last night on the TV. We're going to be talking about this. Boris Johnson voted twice against Theresa May's deal, one time for it, then proposed his own deal, which is actually even worse than Theresa May's deal. He cannot protect jobs in this country on that basis. We don't know on which side Mr Corbyn would campaign. Briefly, I've Mr. made the position clear. We will have a referendum, we will have negotiations, and we will abide by that result. What we know of what Mr Johnson has done is a series of secret meetings with the United States. That's what happened to these meetings. Every single line of this document redacted out. Mr. Full Johnson. market access for US products to our National Health Service. No. You're going to sell Johnson, our National Health point. Service out to the United States and to the farmer. Our NHS will never be for sale. What could be more ruinous for the NHS than a crackpot plan for a four-day week, which would add massively, would add massively okay. Okay, to, the, to the burdens, not just Thank of the you. NHS, Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party, uh, be in no doubt about it, in order to secure power and the keys to number 10, are going to do a deal, and they probably already have done a deal, with Nicola Sturgeon and the SNP. I, just, oh, I think I ought to be able to reply to this nonsense. Will you be able to reply? I'd just, like like just like to have the a idea there's going to be a coalition between Labour and the SNP. There's not going to be a coalition oh, between right. Labour and anybody else. Just so last night it was on the TV, Julie Etchingham was the woman keeping control. It's the Prime Minister up against the Leader of the Opposition. It's Boris Johnson against Jeremy Corbyn. And let's hear what Alex Keane had to make of it. Uh, Alex, it's interesting, with the exception of Joe Swinson, everyone else in the world thinks one of those two guys will be the next uh, Prime Minister. So, so all is well with the world. Oh, yes, Frank. On an already wet, grim, miserable morning, yes, all is well. The news that one of those two will become Prime Minister. But that, that, that is the reality between them. They have somewhat 70-odd percent of the of the UK vote and barring some sort of miracle, which I suppose, given Brexit, nothing is impossible. But barring some sort of miracle, Boris will be confirmed, because he's never been elected Prime Minister, will be confirmed as Prime Minister, or Corbyn will will step into his shoes. And last night's debate was, I just thought, generally lamentable. There was nothing gained from it. I, I don't think, and I, I just, oddly enough, just the reaction across social media in this morning's newspapers, among journalists, among all the people you, you, who would have some insight into these things, along with the general public, I think it was like 95% people thought it was just a terrible format and a terrible debate. It was incredibly flat, wasn't it? And they, it, 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 at times it seemed chaotic and clumsy. They, it, neither of them seemed to be aware of what they were doing. That's how it came across, came across to me. They're just standing there blathering. 
Yes. See, I don't. I personally, I don't like this format where you have members of the public, and I'm not knocking it. There's a role for members of the public in audience participation, but not tra- asking questions of the prime minister and the, and the person who could be his replacement, because those people they don't have the detail, Frank, unless they are experts in the field, which quite clearly they weren't. They're asking a question which has been trawled from hundreds of that were emailed in. ITV pick a few which I think might be of sort of broad interest because they reflect the, 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 the nature of the questions coming in. But there was no follow-up. There was, I mean, if you ask a guy, if I was somewhere and I ask a question, I would like the follow-up other than the, the interviewer just going, oh, well, we'll just move on now. Or you've had 10 seconds too long. And no follow-through. The number of issues that both of them said things, she duly didn't question them. Duly didn't, you know, stand there and say, hang on, the, the figures don't, you, you've just said this amount of money, Mr. Johnson. I'm sorry, the figures don't balance. So where are you getting that? And Mr. Corbyn, you have said, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you the cost. We've seen figures that could be 600 billion over five years. Where's that money? There was none of that, thing, which is what you need. It was just two men making a series of what at times just looked like random random commitments, uncosted, untested, unchallenged. And I think a lot of it, I suspect the switch off, um, rate during that programme was quite high. I think a lot of people probably just gave up and switched over to whatever was on any other channel. Yeah, I have to say, I haven't seen the audience break down for it, and uh, I'm lucky enough to, to work in a, in a building where, during the course of the day, I, I will be able to see that. And I, I, I agree with you. I'd be surprised if the general public stayed with it, primarily because of the two men who were, who were speaking. There was, there was just nothing about them that made me think, wow, you know, gee, they're impressive. They're, those boys are impressive up on their back legs in front of a microphone. Well, that's the thing, and I think it's Marmite. That's the difficulty with both of them. It is Marmite. Normally, you have, you know, you'll have people who will be conservative and Labour. That's normal politics. And you have the rough and tumble of debate, which is normal politics as well. But clearly, you just, and you can see the social media response. Didn't matter what Corbyn said. It didn't matter what Johnson said. You know, their own side, you're brilliant. The other side, you're rubbish. And vice versa. That's not a debate. And no, I, I don't know who came up with the formula, Frank. I really don't. But I. To, to leave Julie in a position in which she wasn't able to challenge him. And I'm sorry, to have to interrupt one question to go on to, what would you put under each other's Christmas tree at Christmas? You know, do you think Prince Andrew was fit for purpose? Definitely, that has got, in essence, that has got nothing to do with being a prime minister. Whole areas, whole areas were left. Another than saying, oh, we'd spend a bit of money in the health service. There's no real, you know, pushing them. I would rather have just say maybe health, the economy and Brexit. Those three issues and are on those three issues and nothing else. And maybe 20 minutes each segment, have a break in between if you like, but push and push and push because then, Frank, when you interrogate, you'll know this, you're in the business, when you interrogate people, when you push them, that's when you find the depths of their knowledge. That's when you find the weaknesses. Those guys got away with so much. Even Johnson's stuff on the border. Well, both of them made mistakes about where the border might be. And Corbyn said, oh, the DUP voted for his deal and things. She didn't. Uh, no, again, no harm. She didn't pick this up. She said, well, actually, that's not correct, Mr. Corbyn. I'm sorry, that's not correct either, Mr. Johnson. And when he's going, oh, the border's fine. No need for you this to be worried. No, that leads you. There's no difference at all. Again, no. Well, actually, that, if that is true, why are your partners of the past two and a half years so angry with you? None of the, none of the challenges you would expect to see in a debate. And I think audiences are sophisticated enough now that some of the people who like those sort of debates I think that's why a lot of them will have turned off they're just thinking these guys can say whatever they like and they're not going to be challenged Now Corbyn came into it with everything to win the critics were saying or the observers were saying Johnson with everything to lose how did you rate it if it was a boxing match how did you score the points I think if, in terms of presentation um, 
And I don't know how, how crucial it is because, as I say, the, the both candidates are so marmite. I don't think either of them did anything to damage them in the sight of their own supporters. So I don't think Johnson had a moment where people who would have been thinking about it for a moment would have gone, oh, I'm not sure now. And the same with Corbyn. Um, I don't think either of them landed a killer blow on each other, which again is what these debates are all about. It's to be able, it's for one of them to say, you know, and this is why I should be Prime Minister, because I can cope with this sort of debate. If I can do it here, I can do it across the world, I can do it in Europe, I can do it in America. We didn't say any of that either. Uh, I think a very slight advantage to Johnson, because he did his he did his usual, you know, bouncy, confident, and it's quite clear he's working, it, it, it looked like, I presume it was coming to written down a few lines from all the, you know, the this alliteration and the, 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 that sort of fluffy stuff he does. I think he'd done all that for him. So yes, Corbyn sounded more stilted. I, I don't know whether Corbyn was trying to play the statesman role, but again, didn't get neither. This was a, with the format, Frank, neither of them really got this opportunity, because I've seen them both live. They are good natural debaters. You know, you've been in, if you've ever been in the House of Commons, you, you don't get to either of those front benches as leader of the opposition and prime minister if you're not able to stand in your own two feet and trade blow for blow. I would have liked to see that last night because then you see the real cut and measure of the men. We didn't see that. We saw something which I think it was, if, if I don't, I don't, if it was boxing, I say both take it. It took a bit of a blow. Both walked out and probably just went and had a cup of coffee and went home to bed because there was really nothing to talk about. No victories, no losses, no anything. Yeah, I have to say in fairness to uh, Julie Etchingham, she's only got so much time to do it. And as well as that, she has to adhere to the rules that they both get equal amounts of broadcasting time during the debate. It's a, it's a pretty difficult task, that. Oh, that's why I'm saying. I'm not blaming Julie for that. I just said I think the format for this sort of level of debate, I think it's just the wrong format. That's why I said it might have worked better. Because you had this thing where there were five, six, seven questions, a couple of random ones, entirely random thrown in from, you know, email or something like it. It sounded like, I just think if they just said, look, on this on this debate, because I, I think there's going to be another debate in there in, in probably in the BBC at some point, you know, I think in this one, they should have just said this format will be the three big subjects. Opinion polls indicate that Brexit, the health service and the economy uh, and maybe one of the the main issues and we are going to concentrate on those three. There will be 18 minutes on each section, you know, which is quite a long time, as you know, in television terms. But when you're trying to squeeze six, seven questions in with one one advertising break, trying to get them a couple of minutes at the beginning, a couple of minutes at the end, you don't get the time for that sort of debate. And she did her best, but in circumstances... Which, you mean you need a really big political bruiser, someone who can take these guys on at their own level. And also, I think, look at the American formula, where the, the audience is, is, is full of undecided. It's not people who are clearly, you know, supporting one side or the other. Quite often, you'll have seasoned political commentators, or very much come to journalists who've been there for years, who know the candidates, who know the parties inside out, who know where the bodies and secrets are. Those guys can make a contribution as well. I just think leaving anyone, whether it's anyone else to stand there and go, yes, we stop, stop, sorry, you've had stop, stop, stop. Instead of going, actually, stop and answer the question because you haven't bothered your arse answering the question. That format is required, not this sort of, okay, that's fine. And as I say, I haven't seen the figures, Frank, but I would be genuinely surprised if a lot of people hadn't just 
drifted off and gone, no, this is just not what I want to hear. Mm, I, I didn't mind the questions being asked by the members of the audience. What annoyed me as a television viewer was the constant interruption of applause. The, the, I, I think there should be a rule that you're not allowed to applaud. Whether you agree or disagree with what they're saying, it drowned out what they were saying. This, this applause every time they breathed, somebody applauded them. Well, just our formats, um, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw one during the, the um, European one and during the last um, general election where audiences are told not to applaud. I think they're allowed to applaud at the beginning when let's welcome the, the whoever it is and then it's over to let's thank the candidates for civil debate and interesting debate and so on. But no, and that's what I said, in America they tend to go for undecideds rather than um, than people who are you know already... Um, committed to one side or the other because then it becomes a case. And you could hear it, you know, when Boris said something, his support, you know, before he finished the same with Corbyn. And he said, it did, it's, it, it's it, 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 it allowed some people to get clear away in the smoke without being, without being challenged. And I say, Frank, it's not that I'm particularly uh, worked up about members of the audience being allowed their chosen. I just think if, if someone, if I, there's the woman who asked the question about the health service or something like that, I think in a case like that, you should, there should be enough time in the format. Maybe an hour is just too... Well, it's, what, an hour with a break and everything you'd talk about, maybe 40, well, 50 minutes. There should have been provision there for the for her to go back, for Julie to go back and say to that lady, all of look, well, you know, you've told us what your problems are with the health service, you've, you know, you're about your mum, whatever it is. Are you to either of those answers and give that person a chance, but just to sort of go on to the next one. I, 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 I mean, the bit is exchanged between the questioner and the replier, Frank, and again, I think it, that, we, that opportunity was missed because sometimes what the audience member says in a case like that can be, this, can be this, the, the, the line that is remembered afterwards, can be the line that actually ignites a really interesting debate because that audience member is quite often talking from very personal, often very emotional experience. And for her, any of them to be given the chance to ask directly the sitting Prime Minister and the man who might be Prime Minister a question, I think it would be a courtesy and also just interesting from a general political point of view to say to that person, how do you respond to those answers? Also be interesting to see, you're talking about how the public viewed it and whether they stayed with it, whether they left. By the time they got to 10 o'clock, another ITV presenter was then interviewing other leading politicians. I just wonder, had people had enough or maybe were they watching the BBC News at that point or had they gone to the football or where where were they with regards to uh, entertainment or, or information? Did they want to continue on? with more politics it's a vital service that's excellently delivered by ITV but you can you can only take so much of it yeah, that, that's true. I, I think yes, there's, there's a nerd audience like, like us who's bizarre we're just you know, and then there's millions of people who are genuinely interested in policy genuinely interested in who might be the next prime minister who are still exercised about Brexit and so on and I suspect uh, Farage would have brought some audience with him because I suspect a lot of people, um, I mean, Farage did have a go at Boris Johnson uh, during his pitch. Um, different format, of course, for those who didn't say it, it was actually, I originally I thought it was going to be the four of them just, you know, in the same sort of platform and instead of two, it would be four. But it was more interesting, it was the, talking to them uh, on a one-to-one and then asking them for the reaction to with Johnson Corbyn. It was interesting, but again, it was slightly stilted because it's very difficult. If you're the, the leader of a political party, which is also vying against those other party leaders for votes, 
very difficult to come in afterwards because, again, that's the measure of a good politician. It's when you're doing it live, when you've the chance to actually, you know, hang on a minute, stop there. That it, an hour later and an hour and a half later, whatever it is, it can seem very stilted, very formulaic. So I'm not, it, it's not a criticism of anyone in particular, Frank. This is someone who's interested in politics and wants other people to be interested in politics, wants people to understand just how important it is when we make these choices about who's going to be prime minister and what policies they're bringing with them and what actual impact it's going to have on us and whether whether Brexit, if it's delivered, what difference it'll make in Northern Ireland, what difference it'll make to the Because that was another big question. They talked about the union. It was, yeah, of course, the union is important. But I didn't hear any passion from either of those men about, you know, Boris going, I'm prime minister of the United Kingdom and under my watch, no part of the United Kingdom will ever be taken away. I came in with four countries. I will leave with... Didn't hear any of that. Oh, no, it's, of course, terribly important. And all those challenges were missing in this format. Like, and I'll just say, we need... Americans have presented this, Frank. They, 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 they give time. They don't take prisoners. They have very strict rules. But it's still... I mean, I would watch it today, watch the American stuff. Far more interesting than how we do it. So we just need to find a format that keeps an audience. Let's face it, Frank, if we can get... But if it is 10, 15 million people hanging around to watch I'm a celebrity and everything else, which is fine, we should be able to devise a format where, where to making decisions about who will be a prime minister in government is interesting enough to keep an audience engaged. And I just, I just worry that it, it, it doesn't help the political process when people go, oh my God, I realize, I apart from the diehards who would vote for Johnson, they respect it, and Corbyn, they respect it. The vast majority of people in the middle, Frank, could just go, oh my God. Oh, you know, that, that's not a good situation for politics okay. to find itself in. Okay. <laughs> the analysis from Alex Kane, having watched the debate last night on ITV. Uh, your opinions are very welcome as well. 02890-3105. Of course, research figures may show that it was watched by more people than watched I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Um, we, will, we will find that out as today goes by. Uh, so good morning to you. 02890-333-105-077-66-105-105. When I'm talking about uh, how many people were watching it, um, uh, generally I'm talking about how many people were watching it here in Northern Ireland as opposed to across the UK. But we'll also uh, talk about the box office success that it uh, may have been uh, right across the United Kingdom. Uh, your opinions, as I say, 028 Seven double six one zero five one zero five. Are you on every word of these politicians? Or, to be honest, even when we talk about it, does it drive you nuts? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.